Good morning. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm so excited to be back on the hot seat after being at Kosher Fest. Wow, what an absolutely incredible week. Um, hi, CK. How you doing? He's good. I'm getting I'm getting a smile. Okay, amazing. We love doing our Kosher Fest shows. I think we've now done them four years in a row. So, okay, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman, and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it. Love to cook it, love to eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. I run kosher chop competitions and I wrote two cookbooks. I love to travel and traveling is becoming the biggest part of what I do these days. So um, I like to hear about your adventures too and tell me where you ate, what you made. You can reach me at Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Instagram, where else would it be on? Or on the Nachum Siegel Network right here uh, as we are on the Lower East Side on this wonderful day. Um, we have, I just want to do a little bit of a recap um, because today's show is a little, got a variety of people on it. I've got in the studio, I'm so lucky to have Elizabeth Sutton in, in the house. Um, on the phone, I have Daniela Silva in Toronto and we're going to get Moshe Block. He was the winner from kosher.com skillet cooking competition for men out in California. So I was out in California. I met him. I'm like, you got to come on the show. Uh, California, I just want to take one minute to talk about LA and San Diego. What a community. What sunshine. Why do we live in New York? We should all be living in California's weather. Unfortunately, there were some fires while I was there, so it smelt a little bit and the traffic was insane, but it's insane in New York too. Um, shout out to the restaurants. I want to give them a little bit of a, a Karasatov because especially in, in San Diego, there are not a lot of kosher options and it's really nice to just patronize them. Um, so we ate at the JCC uh, in San Diego, a beautiful building. Um, and they have a very small kosher restaurant and we had schnitzels and schwamas and falafels and all that. It's great. And you know what I always say when you're traveling? If you can eat at a restaurant, it's better than eating noodle soups in your room, <laughs> which I did eat one night um, when we got there really late at night. But uh, there's nothing wrong with, with those Geffen noodle soups. My daughter loves them way too much. Um, Ralph's has a huge kosher section also for those of you who are traveling to the San Diego area. So there is a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, – they sell everything from pizzas to challahs to sushi, and the sushi is amazing. Um, so if you are planning a trip for this winter break, San Diego, San Diego is a great place to go and they have great, great weather. Uh, even in December, January, the weather is uh, nice as well. Um, then we're going to move on to Los Angeles. We drove through Laguna Bay, which has no kosher restaurants, but is one of the most beautiful spots. Elizabeth, have you been to Laguna Beach? I actually have, and I must admit I eat out, so I... Went to a lot of fish taco places, which is what they're known for. Um, ah, sick, yes. right? Amazing. I, I was blown away by that. Um, I also love fish tacos. Whenever I see it on a menu, I'm like, I'm down for that. I would tell you some places to go, but they're not <laughs> approved, so I don't know all that right, that's going right. to you know, <laughs> I love to make my own as well. And whenever I see, like Fish Grill in California, I love that place. Shout out to Bodhi Thai because I love Thai food. Mamilla. Um, not the hotel or the shopping mall in Israel, but there's a Mamilla restaurant that was lovely, Cy Burger, um, Mensch's Bakery. I'm giving you all my love and shout-outs to you from the rooftops. I must have said shout-out already like 100 times on the show. But really a big thank you for your support and the food was delicious and those brioche, custard, pastries were insane and they kept me going for a few more days after I got back. I ate one per day after I got back. But yes, whatever. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. It kept my vacation going. And also there's coffee bean and tea leaf in San Diego. So I didn't mention that. So, all right. So we've done a little bit of a, a California roundup. I just saw something on Instagram yesterday that yeah. said um, that extra five to 10 pounds is all the time that you enjoyed with your friends, all the things that you did that you loved and all like the pleasurable moments in life. So don't worry about that. Okay. So, no, that's so good. That. I like that. I like that because I definitely want to say that those 10 pounds <laughs> I probably need to lose are all based on eating with family and friends and enjoying something life. a little extra, enjoying life. And I think that's definitely something I can say about myself. I definitely enjoy life. Um, on the phone with me, all the way from Toronto, I have a cookbook author, Daniela Silva. This is the trifecta for her. This is her third book. Um, welcome, Congrats. Daniela. 
Hey, thanks, Naomi. How are you, darling? Visit again. I know, I know. I'll come when it gets warmer, okay? Okay, fine. I agree. It's getting cold here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sure. how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your show. My pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. I think when I did my uh, first shows, I you hadn't the book even had hadn't come out yet. So I, I got one from you in person when I was in the stu- uh, when I was in Toronto. That's um, so fun. And Remember, you came to the studio and helped me sign a thousand books I before helped, the launch. I and and I have that one with me right here in my hand right now. I'm just show. I want to show it to everyone. I have a camera. Um, for those who are watching us on our YouTube channel, this is her beautiful book. And on the inside, she wrote me, Naomi. Thanks for being a great supportive friend. Happy cooking. Love Daniela. And that's her book. And it is just. Absolutely. Another beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. How do you feel this time around? Does it get easier after the third? Um, it definitely gets easier because you're kind of in a routine of, you know, the process of testing and creating recipes and uh, photography. But every time it's just as exciting, you know, and I think every book that comes out, you know, is like a new Elizabeth, like it's a new piece of art. You know, you have something new to show everyone. And this one especially, I kind of put like an extra creative, you know, layer on it, you know, variations, have right. recipes, talk two ways. So, right. Talk a little yeah. bit more about the variation spin that you've got on it. Okay. So, I mean, my first book was just classic. You know, it's an everyday kind of easy weekday Shabbos kind of cooking. My second one, same easy concept with the cooking, but I just wanted more of an entertaining feel for it. And then this one, I just, I wanted to change things up. I wanted to spice things up. I feel like all the cookbooks are kind of, you know, redundant now, a recipe per page. And I just, I like doing things differently. So I thought, you know, what about showcasing one recipe two ways in like two variations? So you have your base recipe, which is always simple, fresh, healthy, easy, and then showcase two ways, whether it's like roasted asparagus and then show the asparagus with rice or it's um, uh, a salad, you know, showcase one way and then plate it another way. It's just, it's using your creativity when cooking. Like, I don't believe you have to always follow a recipe to a tea. It's, it's using your imagination. I'm kind of getting you there, you know? I think so it's great. I loved and. Okay, so Danielle and I know each other from the – we met through the food world, but then we became friends in real life, and I got to spend a Shabbat with her. So when I was there like two years ago for Shabbat, she served this salad that was insane. And I'm like, Danielle, can I have the recipe? She goes, actually, I can't give it to you. I'm going to – it's going in the next book. I'm like, ah, so yeah. I knew about this book for a long time. And uh, when it came to – Came time to testing the recipe. I volunteered to test, and that was a recipe she sent me, and I was so excited. It is amazing, the yeah, kale salad with the tomato um, and the and the and the um, the crunch that it has in it, and the variation is putting it in a rice paper roll. And I love rice paper rolls. I find them you don't have to wash. It's kind of like a sandwich, a little lower on the carbs. It's gluten free, and exactly. I love that variation. Exactly. Yeah, when you came for Travis, I think that was really one of my first recipes I created for this third book. And it has so much flavor. And it's just like a panko crunch on top and like a little garlic. It's amazing. It tastes so good. It's, so it's good. delicious. I made the smash salmon also. Speaking about oh, fish yeah. tacos, um, um, I don't know if you heard the conversation I was just having talking about fish tacos with uh, Elizabeth, but we're saying how much we love fish tacos. So I made fish tacos the other night and I used your smashed salmon as the fish. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was that's great. So it was simple and easy and I, don't, I can't remember what your variation was, but I'm like, here's a third one. Yeah. Use it as a fish taco. It's, yeah, that's yeah. such a good idea. And it's, there's nothing on that fish. It's really just a little olive oil, good quality, olive oil, salt and pepper, and that's it. So it's, it's healthy and good. Daniela, I'm That's actually great. going through your cookbook now as we talk about she, it. She borrowed mine. Yes, yeah, sorry. I have your first cookbook, <laughs> as you know. You sent it to me. I just want to compliment you on the photography and the layout because as I recently launched my blog and I am delving back into cooking, which is what I did in my past life before I became an artist, uh, cooking was my art, I yeah. am now trying to deal with my blog, right? And I found that food photography is so complicated. It is which you can so hard. It is so hard. I was talking to a company just this morning. They want me to develop a recipe and do it on Instagram. And they're like, can you send us a shot afterwards so we can post it? I'm like, I'm so bad at food styling photography. It's a whole art form. Well, it's actually, a whole... you know what I learned? 
it's all like staged, right? If you want something to look good in the bowl, you stuff it with an upside down bowl and then you just yeah. put the top with lettuce. And I got to the point where I actually buy some of my photos from iStock. That's the truth, right? Like the recipes yeah. are mine, but when it, like I was putting so much time and money into getting the perfect shot and I have 25 other mm-hmm. jobs. Right. And we'll hear more about those jobs shortly. But I was learning that that's not like you're, you don't even cook the recipe to get the right shot because when things are like fully, fully cooked and assembled, they don't look the most beautiful. So you're like kind of doing mise en place, not dressing it, not tossing it, and then taking the shot. But you don't want it to go to waste. So like I learned little tricks of like filling the bowl in the bowl. Right. With yeah, an upside that is down definitely bowl. a trick, by the way. We did that. Yeah, because you don't want to have, like, mounds and mounds of salad. So you take a bowl, you flip it upside down, so it just creates, like, empty space, and then you put the salad on top. So you should know, when I I did my book, I didn't do that. We made it like it was there. You know, it's interesting. The tips of the tree. Well, all the recipes, like, I really pride myself in all the books that what you you get. And really, like, I cooked all the photography was done in my house. Yeah. I had the same food style as Abe Warnoveski. He was incredible, all three books. I changed my photographer each time, but oh, it's interesting. really such an, an art. Yeah. It, it, I The pictures, like you can see, I put so much work into the pictures I and the see, styling. Very pretty. And have a look. Book. Yeah. I love that you have a whole different layout than any other cookbook I've never even seen. And yes. I collect cookbooks. The pictures yes. are on top and the recipes underneath. I've never. Yes. I, so. My sister came up with that. She's she usually does my layouts. And ah, it, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, Tara, give her a shout out. Tara Younger, she's amazing. And when she came up with that concept, it kind of just it just flowed from there. You know, like my creativity just kept going, and it just it just worked. It really it worked. I have a question yeah. for you. There's no head yeah. notes in the recipes. I know. I have to cut mean? down on it because the page is only so big. You know, so even though I know people like. Little head notes on top. I, I felt like giving them the two recipes was kind of telling them what's in my mind anyways. Right, you know, right, like, right. Be creative. Do something different. Look I, at a picture or do something on your own. I, I you know? found I find the head notes the hardest part. I wish I didn't. Educate ha- me. What's a head note? Like he- intro? Okay, so like the intro? intro at the top of each recipe. Like why you love this recipe. Oh, I, I developed this recipe okay. or this was my dad's favorite intro. recipe or I had this idea and it inspired me to write. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I think the book really speaks for itself. Your photography, I, I always, you yourself are very creative. I've been in your Shabbat table, big platters of food. You know, I guess why it's the silver yeah. platter. Literally, you are the <laughs> silver platter and, and your home is very open and you just, when you have your table full and set, it's like I felt like I was in your home by reading your book. Oh, thank you. You know, it's, Yeah, thank you. It's really, it is reflective of how I cook and how I prepare and you know presentation is so important to me and like I always said you know I I come from like a lot of artists in my family and I never thought I had like an artist gene but it comes through the way I prepare the food you know presentation to me is like so important and the colors and you know because if you you if you see something that looks good you'll want to eat it you yes. know that's really how I feel it's- and Elizabeth my house is so beautiful I have your mezuzah hanging on um Going into my kitchen. You, you need remember to send you me made a picture? Yeah, I want to see that. I do remember. Uh, they're the only mezuzas yeah. I ever made uh, as a favor uh-huh. to a good friend. Okay? Well, that's so I nice. Love it. But, I love it. But I've uh, actually just got up to the pretty pomegranate salmon, and I must say it's stunning. Stunning. Oh. I'm enjoying looking at these pictures. She's having a good time. <laughs> I might have to like tear well, it away sorry, while yes. I interview her. <laughs> I'll send you a box. I'm going to send you on this. Please do, and I'm going to try one of your easier recipes, and then I'll feature it and credit you on my site, um, on my blog. So we we are like amazing. I feel like I'm talking to two artists who happen to be foodies. That's what I'm talking, you know, like in the house. I wish you were with us, Daniela. I know. So far. I know. I know. You might want to come to New York and warm up. Maybe isn't that funny? Yeah, I don't know. Is it's, it warm? Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> got to be warmer than Toronto. Probably. Yeah. Okay, so so this is also your first, first book without Noreen, and you did a beautiful yeah. job. She moved back to Montreal, I believe, right? Back to her. She did. You know, her family's there. Her kids are there. So she just felt like it was time to go, you know, yeah, be with them. Yeah, she's lovely. She's legendary, and I'm talking about it because if people who have been living under rock don't know that she has two other books. She has two incredible books. I saw her. I'm, I'm going to give you a, like a big, I don't know, little ego boosty. Not that you need it because you're amazing. But but I was on a, a Facebook group and someone goes, what is your favorite cookbook? And people had to answer. And everyone was saying 
first silver platter, first silver platter, first silver platter. Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. That book did um, launched you into this yeah. mega culinary star. I think, you know, I, I think I got really lucky. I think it's all to share it. You know, I think it was the timing. I think the simplicity of it. I think there was a picture per page. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, a, a chef or a cook is a cook. And they'll always be like that. You know, I kind of wanted to cater to a basic level cook, an everyday mom, an everyday person, and show them that they could, you know, through simple ingredients, they could achieve, you know, whatever they want in the kitchen. And I felt like I gave them that confidence through that first book. So You did, yeah. you did. People really, really love it. I know I made sure my daughter, when she got married, she had that book. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Thank there you, you go, right? Yeah. You know, and, and you yeah. were like definitely one of the – Leaders, you're definitely one of the leaders in the, um, you know, the kosher cooking world. What is and, your favorite? What are your top three recipes in this book? Uh, you yeah, can't you ask can. a cookbook author her favorite. It's like yes, asking. You can. Who, it's like asking your favorite child. child. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has a favorite child. They might not say it out loud, but they'll okay. do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> so in variations? Uh, in variations. What, what's something that you love, love making? Um, I like the sesame crusted London broil. That's amazing. That's a meat. That okay. Looks, like amazing. It tastes delicious. Maybe I'll make that. Uh, that that panko kale salad is really a top favorite. That's, that's amazing. Mine. <laughs> I call it that's, that's mine. That's Naomi. That's <laughs> yours. And then another one. Let me think of a favorite. I like, let's say for a side dish, the, I can't, the everything at bagel asparagus. Oh, amazing. great idea. Yeah, I like that also. Amazing. I love everything bagel topping and, and yes. asparagus. Perfect. So good. Oh, uh, and the mint chocolate chip cookies. Heaven. <laughs> Delicious. Where did, on earth did you get the idea to put corned beef in biscotti? <laughs> oh, those are really good too. Oh, that you is. Know what? We're big like kiddish people. My husband loves kiddish. I, I was know. Over. I was like, you know what? Why not spice it up a bit? So, I love it. I thought that was. Hilarious. I'm like, I've actually had a pie baked with meat fat in it by uh, Naftali. Oh yeah, it was it was actually really delicious, but I knew it was not very healthy. Yeah, I had it from Grow and Behold. They rendered some fat from oh, the yeah. meat and they put it in oh, the pie. Grow and Behold is amazing. Yeah, so we, um, definitely meat and desserts is definitely a thing. I, I make um, – Donuts with pulled beef inside, so why not have? Oh wow! Why not I have biscotti so. with in with corned beef? Like <laughs> exactly. I'm tired. <laughs> it's hard to cook. It's hard to cook, especially busy mums. So, um, okay, amazing, Daniela. Can we do a good? We're gonna do a giveaway. Oh, amazing! Yes, let's do a giveaway. Okay, so anybody who wants a variations cookbook is got to email me Naomi at nachamsegel.com and we'll draw a raffle and we will let you know via email that you are the winner and we'll announce you in a couple of weeks when we are back in the studio again. But her book is beautiful. Go buy yourself one. It's available on artscroll.com, Amazon, your local bookstore or Daniela's garage. <laughs> do you sell books out of your, I sell books out of my garage. You have a, I don't, that's true. I have lots. You have lots have in your lots. house. If you're in Toronto, you know. But oh, I always say support your local Judaica store. It's true. It's true. Well, thank you so much for having me, Naomi. My pleasure. Nice to talk to you. And Elizabeth, nice to speak to you. I'm sending you a book this week. Please. And sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try some of your recipes. A lot of them are like variations on things that I used to make. I'm trying to get back into my life again via this blog. So I'm definitely Amazing. excited to switch some things up. And I saw, I don't know, I lost it, but deli-wrapped Something. Yes, that, that's a cu- biscotti. Listen, um, no, no, no. There was something before that actually that was looked so good. You know, like they always have like uh, bacon oh, wrapped dates that I can't eat. Yeah, that deli one? wrap squash okay. bites. So this is remind me of bacon wrapped dates that I can never eat and I'm dying to try. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's I imagine good. it has like a similar She's an entertainer, palette. so this is good for entertaining. So, yeah. Elizabeth, you rem- I don't know if you remember when I sent you my first book, you made the asparagus with the with uh, eggs. I remember you posted it. I think you're at your sister's house, possibly. Anyway, you did like a whole thing. I am a pro egg poacher. Really? Okay? A poacher? The skill, yeah. The skill of the wait, poached egg. I'm going to write totally that down. Wait, lost. wait. Don't don't talk about it too much now. I'm writing it down to talk about. Okay. Poach. I'm good at kale also. Like egg. it's one of the only lettuces that you're ever supposed to pre-dress with oil and massage the oil. Yeah, yes. we're gonna. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. 
not don't, don't give it away too much. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna catch up with uh, Elizabeth in a couple minutes. Um, Daniel, any anything else you want to share with us? How do we follow you on Instagram? Um, I'm Daniela Silver Cooks on Instagram. You can follow me there. I have a Facebook page. No, Silver Cook's not very good at it, but I'm around. If you find me, I'll be, I'll be there. I'm around. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Daniela. Regards to the family. We'll talk soon. Well, Congrats. Yeah, so nice speaking to you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, Daniela Silver, all the way from Toronto. Always nice catching up with her. She's the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest girl. Um, I'm just taking my earrings off. It's funny. What, she was actually on one of my art clients, I believe, way before I was ever doing it seriously. Okay, let's talk about, like, you, you're, you've you you've done so much. I just took my earrings off because the headset is um, pushing into my ears. By the way, aren't these so cute? These are um, Melissa Lovey earrings. And I have a matching ring. They look rainbow to me. <laughs> like a, right? Oh, I love. Yeah, she's so cute. I'm a rainbow girl, obviously. Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Now the earrings are not pushing into my head. Okay, great. All right. Elizabeth Sutton, you do so much and you are so young and accomplished. Um, everything is relative. I'm 29 going on 55. I've lived a very long life in my 29 years of age. You are a rock star and I we met through Flashix magazine at a dinner we had. Where was it? No, I do. No, I do. It. That food was insane. You people can, I'm going to be honest, like I, I keep kosher, but I eat out, right? So... A uh, few people can get me to go to kosher restaurants, mostly because when I go out, I try and see as few people as possible. <laughs> but I was invited by Flesh Eggs, which is where I met you, and the food was amazing. 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 That, you know what I thought was really creative? The meatball that had the spaghetti oh, inside. Oh, that was my favorite item. The inside-out meatball. I, I was blown away by that. I went back there like just for that, to go for dinner with my mentor, who was also strictly kosher. And I went specifically to order that. And I'm like, oh, we're out of it. And I was like, no, I've been you dreaming you got to call about. ahead. If you really want something from a restaurant, call ahead. Make sure they got it in. Hopefully, I'll have as much clout as you do with that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's always something. I always find something, but like, why not? A lot. Okay, so you started off as an artist only recently. Like, it's new in your life. What did you go to college for? Well, first of all, I went to Flatbush uh, my whole life, Yeshiva Flatbush in Brooklyn. Um, I grew up modern Orthodox. I studied uh, marketing and finance in uh, college. I started at NYU and finished at Baruch, and I was working in fashion at that time. Um, cool. I did kind of the Jewish thing. I got married pretty young. Okay. I got married at 21 and I had a very privileged life. I wasn't working. Um, it didn't, you know, it, my lifestyle wasn't accommodated to me having a full-time job, but what my true passion was when I was married was cooking and entertaining. Um, before I became an artist, cause honestly I didn't pick up a paintbrush until four years ago. If that's unbelievable. I, I, you need to follow her on Instagram and see her work. It's not normal what she can do. My Instagram is Elizabeth Sutton Collection. And honestly, now painting is my passion because um, I find it meditative and I have way too much energy. And it's pretty much the only thing that can get me to focus. <laughs> the room is shaking, by the way. But um, cooking used to be my art. And I learned through my grief counselor, actually, that the chop, like when you're chopping, because nothing makes me happier than a really sharp santoku knife, a bunch of vegetables to finely chop i totally know what you mean and a glass of wine <laughs> and oh, a glass of, of wine with of some course music. okay good um but um actually there's a very meditative process about chopping same thing like jumping rope like the tap 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 is therapeutically proven to be meditative so my happy place no seriously look, um, look into I've, it i'm going to <laughs> but um my happy place used to be in the kitchen you know i come from a a line of strong Jewish female cooks. My grandmother was the ultimate entertainer. I grew up across the street from her in Brooklyn. Um, and she, her house. Are you house, Sephardic? I'm fully Ashkenaz, actually. Okay. Completely. People think I'm Sephardic because my last name is Sutton. My ex-husband is Sutton. But my maiden name is Ingber and the family name is Rackman, which is pretty much as Ashkenaz as it gets. Right, yes. <laughs> um, but my mother was never fully like an Ashkenaz cook. She made some uh, chillant and kugel um, and some gefilte fish. But otherwise, she cooked pretty American. Um, and I actually cook everything from, um, you know, American, Mexican, Italian. And I learned a lot of um, Sephardic foods, Lebanese and Syrian foods specifically um, when I was married to my ex-husband, actually from my housekeeper. Because before she came to be my housekeeper, she was a chef for a Syrian family in Mexico. And she, so she taught me all my, like, kibbeh cherry, my hamad <laughs> recipes, all my eggplant roll-ups, my um, mechshi, which is, you know, uh, vegetables stuffed with meat. Um, and, 
you know, what's specific to Sephardic uh, foods are, you know, the flavor palette. They use a lot of allspice. They use tamarind, oot, which we don't use. Um, a lot of cumin, I cinnamon. Love, I love Syrian food. Me too, actually. Um, a lot of it, yes. It, does, it doesn't plate as pretty. I'm no, it's say. brown. It's everything's brown. Sorry, sorry, stuffed. It's fine, it's Stuffed on Instagram is Jacqueline Elbaz. Um, yeah, she, she makes amazing food, but... You know, it's more family style. Yeah. And so I would serve a lot of it, you know, for Shabbat. I would cook because I was really bored. I have a lot of energy. So I'd really funnel all my energy into cooking. I would cook like two gourmet meals a day. So I'd make myself... I'd experiment. I would go to a restaurant the night before and I'd say, okay, this is the flavor palette. Let me make this for lunch. And I'd make myself, you know, tuna tartare with yellowtail dirizito for lunch for myself. <laughs> Legit. Oh my God, me too. I'll buy a slab of raw tuna, take it home and, and make myself some ceviche for lunch. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then I'd have, you know, 16 people over for dinner on a Tuesday night and set the most beautiful table. You know, my artistic pursuit was definitely in the way I presented the food. Few things make me happier than a gorgeous tablescape. I actually think it's almost as important as the food itself. You know, the energy that you're creating. Um, my grandmother always used to have a magnificent table set. You know, china, sterling silver, three crystal glasses, you know, all out. Um, and so for me, it's very welcoming. I used to make my own floral arrangements. I have 10 different types of placemats, five sets of china because I always like to switch it up. And you kept this in your Manhattan apartment? Yes, legit. Where I don't did you know. Guys sleep. I made sure I had a lot of units with storage. Yeah, good for you. Good, good, good. I know I have a lot of stuff, but I keep mine in a garage. I don't have a garage. I wish I had more space, but you make do with what you have. Um, but for me, you know, I found that a lot of the beauty, entertaining, and cooking was in the plating. You know, my cooking was literally my art. So. I like to cook things with color. I like to set a magnificent table, um, all about the presentation. And I think you know as a chef that like uh, the the fineness of the chop really affects the how cooking the food tastes. Right. So that's I think that's something really important because you want to have even cuts so the cook so the food cooks evenly and you want to, you know, you want that even pretty look. You don't want something to be brown that if you cut it too small, it burns faster than something that's a bigger cut, which could be raw still, rare. But almost not not even just that. Like, for example, a chopped salad of mine versus my Greek salad. With a Greek salad, I like to have a little bit of, of a bigger chop, right? Like, I like my peppers to be about, you know, one inch by three-quarter inch sizes versus if I'm doing, like, a really finely chopped Israeli salad, I think that the size of the chop affects the flavor right like maybe I'm it breaks crazy. it no no with tomato and tomato and cucumbers absolutely and the freshness mm-hmm. you got to also especially with israeli salad you got to keep it the vegetables super fresh so what are the herbs that you use in your israeli salad number one salt and lemon juice is the most important ingredient a little olive oil and then the sky's the limit i love, happen to like cilantro and parsley combination of both yeah. i'm a parsley and a mint Parsley and mint, mint. is nice. And sometimes cumin. Sometimes. Oh, cumin is just the bomb. I love cumin. I put that in a lot of food. I never thought to put it in an Israeli set. There you go. Sometimes. Sometimes I want to like keep it like very clean and fresh, just lemon and olive oil, salt and pepper, like you said. But uh, Depends on what you're eating it with also, what the rest of the meal is like. So my favorite thing actually to prepare uh, my Israeli salad with back in my past life, because I'm going to be honest, I have limited time to cook now. We're going to tell you why, and then we're going to talk about the poached egg in a minute. Well, I was getting to the poached egg, but that's one of the reasons that I uh, started my blog. I started for a few reasons, Um, but one of the reasons was that I only get to do things if I can figure out how to incorporate them into my business model, and I really dearly um, miss cooking. Um, It really is a passion of mine, but I'm very busy painting and designing my products, to support my two kids. Um, I'm a single mother of two. And so unless I could figure out a way to incorporate cooking into my mis- business model, it, as you know, can be you know very expensive to entertain the way I like to entertain. Um, I had never even thought about you know the price of meat, right? I was very blessed and fortunate until I got divorced. I'm like, wait, that's $40 a pound? I'm serving 16 people. You're supposed to ration, ra- ration half a pound per person. That's a lot of money, right? Like, right, right. 
And those are things I had never even thought about. And if I'm doing something, I'm kind of like a go big or go home person. So hopefully by creating this blog, and by the way, I did a lot of research before I launched my blog, and food is the number one content category across all social media. But you should know even in a, in a bookstore, the most popular books sold are cookbooks. Well, it's, that doesn't shock me. You know, food is relatable to everybody. Right. And look at the explosion of coffee shops and restaurants from kosher to non-kosher across the board. The world's gone food mad. Yay for that. But um, I will say that I did a lot of research when launching my blog to see what is the most effective way to launch a food blog because you'll see so many different blogs. And a lot of them have like long spiels about how, why they love the recipe and kind of the intro that you were talking like about. Like the head long. notes. But actually, research shows that if you really want to build a food blog that's optimized for SEO, which means people are going to find your blog. Search engine optimization. So you need to keep it simple. A short intro, the ingredients, and the prep. And that's it. Not anything extra. It's three to 500 words. Well, if you look at the biggest ones, all recipes, yummy. There is a certain format that you need to stick to. And I don't even think that people realize all the decisions that go into you know, make creating a blog and having it be effective. But um, so my favorite thing to back to cooking was to chop myself after the gym because I was like an ultimate housewife. I was certified in Pilates. I would come back from the gym. I'd cook myself a little gourmet lunch for myself and (laughs) then for dinner for probably a bunch of guests. But I would always make myself a plate of lox, smoked salmon, and two perfectly poached eggs and a very finely chopped Israeli salad. And I am usually the type of girl who actually does not like to mix their foods. I'm a little anal. Like, I like when nothing touches on my plate. But what about when you eat it? Don't you need a little bit of each on the fork? So that combo was my favorite together. It was like ah. the ultimate Israeli breakfast. I'd, mm. I'd cut the perfect ratio of lox with poached egg with the runny yolk onto my um, Israeli salad. And, like, it really needed a perfect proportion per bite. Um But I, which we were talking about before, a poached egg, it is very difficult to have a perfectly poached egg. It is very hard. I teach cooking at the Susie Fishbein Culinary Institute, and one of the classes that we do is egg cookery. I want every kid to walk out of there with a perfectly poached egg, and it's not easy. Not at all. I mean, first of all, you can buy these utensils that can kind of make you cheap, but it'll never have the shape of what a poached egg is supposed to look like, and also the white will usually be a little more cooked because that's just the way that those... You know, you probably have more gadgets and know a lot more gadgets and are educated than I am. But the way I was taught to poach an egg is to heat your, like, put a pot, put a little bit of water, not too much. I wish we could make one in the studio. Sometimes we bring in equipment and we cook in here. Do you? (laughs) Yeah, no, not today. We didn't plan this poached egg. Okay. Um, You put some white vinegar. You can really put any vinegar, but some white vinegar, like a nice heavy dash. It helps set the egg. And then you put the flame on medium-low what I was taught, the, the true trick of a poached egg, you need to be able to put your finger into the water without it burning your finger, right? So the water should not be too hot or too cold. It really needs to be like a, a perfect warm, which means you can put your finger in there and it's not going to burn you. And that's always how I test my water. Like it should be hot enough, but not too hot. I crack the egg directly into the water and then with a slotted spoon, I mean, you can't hear, you can't see what I'm doing on the radio. She's but gone I'm, like this. But, no, but if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can. You make you swirling it. motions. You swirl it, and that's how you get a po- perfectly poached egg. And you see, you can actually see when it's just turning white enough. They say like about two and a half to three minutes, but you really need to keep an eye on it. And actually, I learned in a cooking class because when I was a board housewife, to be honest, I would take some um, cooking courses, and I learned that you can actually. Um, Make poached eggs in advance, which you would never yes, think. Yes, 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 I knew that. But if you're, like, serving a brunch for 15, 20 people, you can't make 15, 20 poached eggs at once, right? right? Like, at best, if you're in a normal-sized pot, you can get three in there and swirl them all. But you slightly, slightly undercook them. You put them directly into a freezing cold uh, bowl of ice, water and, and ice. ice water. Yeah, and then you put them in your fridge. You put them in a Ziploc or in a fridge or whatever, well, maybe you can leave them in the pot so you don't, or in the bowl so that you don't burst the egg yolks. And then right before you're serving them, you throw them all into some hot water for a few seconds and take them out. Um, and it actually works. I forgot about that. I haven't done that in a long time. I love I love poached eggs with hollandaise sauce. Nothing better or more fattening. <laughs> Nothing better. It is heaven. It's a 
butter sauce, um, a thickened butter sauce. With yolk also. With yolk. Tempered. You cook it with a yolk. Um, butter and egg yolk sauce on a poached egg, which is more egg yolk. The, but you can have it with salmon, so it's going to like clear out the arteries. <laughs> a major trick to uh, hollandaise, because when I took this poached egg class, it was actually like uh, a hollandaise class. Okay, and yeah. So um, a perfect hollandaise is very temperamental with the temperatures. You need to be really, really right. or else it careful. Exactly. Or you breaks. Know, cur- call it yeah, I don't know. You're the pro, but it curdle. <laughs> it like gets wrong texture, but also to throw a dot of lemon zest. Right. Into That's your, uh, really makes a, a burst of flavor. And then when, when I did this all in a cooking class, when I was not working, taking a lot of cooking classes, my kids were little. So we did, we did poached eggs, hollandaise sauce on a butter biscuit. Sounds Speaking, healthy. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm not, no longer size two. Five to ten pounds of love and yeah, self-care. I loved every minute. And I think we may have had some champagne with that. So, yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But poached eggs are, you know, great to throw on so many things. You throw them. They're very trendy. On a right steak. So it's steak, ha- asparagus, salmon. I mean, you can really throw them on anything. Poached egg is my favorite way to yeah. eat an egg, personally. I like runny, but the, I don't like an egg when it's the white's got to be perfectly cooked, but the yellow's got to be runny. So, Well, that's what will distinguish you from like a decent chef to like a real chef, in my opinion. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Let's talk about I your actually ch- threw them on a kale salad also. my So we were talking about kale salad. My favorite kale salad um, was a very simple kale chiffonade salad, which means that you... Um, cut the kale off the stem. Um, you know, kale is obviously on a long stem that's very harsh. You roll it. You you chiffonade it, right? She's actually doing all the motions that she's cooking. <laughs> yes, I am. You chiffonade it. So you have like some nice long strings. Um, and then also, which you know, um, kale is one of the only leaves that I think that they suggest that you can pre-dress because yeah you need to massage that kale so i would always you know pour a little i i buy these infused olive oils from israel and i schlep them back to the states that pretty much last me all year round um and i'd uh throw some uh lemon infused olive oil just a little bit you know 15 minutes before i was to eat the kale to tenderize the leaf um with some salt and then you know i threw on anything from croutons to um jalapeno julienne and just one or two poached eggs on top with some lemon, delicious, delicious because delicious. the yolk would run on I the leaves. I Moss Cafe. Have you been to Moss Cafe? Where is it? I want to go there with you. Oh, my God, you'll love it. Where is it? It's farm to table. It's in um, Riverdale. Okay. It is amazing, amazing. I know in our busy schedules we're going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in like a few months. We'll yeah, put it yeah, yeah. in the calendar for uh, now. But it's, it's amazing. They make a, a kale saddle with poached eggs. It's unreal. Actually, I was there over Sookas. They have like the best food. It's like farm to table. I might have to try it. Actually. Yeah, it's really good if you you don't live too far. Riverdale's like Manhattan's not that far from Riverdale. I go on occasion to visit my cousins um, for Shabbos dinner, but uh, so you need to you need to head over there. Um, okay. Yeah, get there nice and early before those great great pastries go. Let's transition into food blogger to artist. You never picked up a paintbrush till four years ago. It's amazing what you have achieved. In four years. Clothing um, line, uh, uh, belts. belts. I launched my bags. belts today, pre-sale. I'm a little uh, deep breaths today. I have a lot <laughs> going on. I'm actually going to the Prudential Center later, which is a big secret. Nobody knows about this yet. Um, but God willing, I am going to be doing a 200-foot hallway in the Prudential Center where all the musicians enter. You're going to be painting a mural? So, That's what she does. you got to give us background. Okay, so I'm a... So I got married at 21. My creative pursuits when I was married were um, cooking and tablescaping. Um, and then I went through a number of uh, very severe losses in my life that are a little heavy. So we're going to skip through it. But just a lot of loss that made me um, realize I need to make some changes in my life. But also we went through financial loss. So I needed to start working. And I actually thought I was going to become a chef. Um, that's what I thought my career was going to be. And um, accidentally, I became an artist. I picked up a paintbrush for the first time. Because How? Where? Where? Where were you? Like, oh, what should I do? Basically, I was in the middle of doing. My son was just born. I was in the middle of redoing his nursery. We'd put a lot of money into it, and then we lost our money in the middle. And I had a very specific vision as to what this room was going to look like, 
and I could no longer afford the artwork that I wanted to put in there. So I picked up a paintbrush for the first time ever on a Sunday with an old friend, and we basically did arts and crafts. And I put, um, I hung them in my son's nursery. I put it on Instagram, and somebody reached out and was like, um, "Hey, I love your work. I just moved. Can you make me something for my new apartment?" And I said to myself, "Sure, a little bit of time, a little bit of money. Why not?" Um, and I did that, and then. Um, over the years, you know, prior to me painting, I had done uh, arts and crafts as a hobby. Like I told you, I'd get bored. Um, honestly, I have a lot of energy. and You can see, you can see, right, guys? <laughs> More energy than most. So like some people would find what I did in the day, you know, very occupying. But for me, my brain's really fast. So I need to be hyper, um, you know, hyper occupied. We don't know anybody <laughs> like that, right, guys? <laughs> You're a lot of energy, I could tell. A lot, AD to the max. Um, but over the years I had done like some glitter art and collage that was on my, that were on my walls and people would come through my apartment and ask me if I could make them something. And I never took them seriously because I really didn't need the money. And then when I sold those two artworks, I was like, okay, let me hit up the people who have been through my apartment and asked for artwork. And I hit them up and said, are you still interested? And a bunch of them said yes. And I said, okay, great. And then I'd be, you know, delivering the artwork to my new clients and the art, my paintings would be sitting in my lobby for five minutes while I pulled around my car and two women from my building asked the doorman, oh, who's, who, who's is that? And they said, oh, actually, the artist lives in the building. And I got two new clients that way. That's am- Elizabeth, this is amazing. It's a, a little bit of power Instagram, a lot your talent, of course, that speaks for itself. But you. did you go to class to develop or you just... Nope. You just... So I actually, I never took an art class ever. I took one class when I started doing this in silk screening, um, but it actually just taught me the process is silk screening. I had an opportunity, um, Ryan Serhant, he is one of the biggest residential brokers in New York. He's on a Bravo TV show, Million Dollar Listing, and... Um, he hit me up. He knew I did art, even though he didn't realize it was just a hobby. And he said, uh, he asked me if I was interested in staging one of his luxury developments. And I said, sure. He said, okay, I need three art. I need 12 artworks in three weeks. I said, sure, no problem. I was literally at the airport with my family heading to Costa Rica for my son's first birthday. And I went on Craigslist and put an ad up for seeking an art assistant. I landed in New York February um, 6th, uh, 2016. I remember the dates very uh-huh, I love it. And um, I basically interviewed Mike Schatz, my first ever assistant, and we painted on my dining table for three weeks straight. And during that time is when I developed a lot of my, you know, technical skill sets. I taught myself a lot of things. I'm very good at teaching myself. That's how I learn best. And I developed my signature butterflies. I started working with MDF cutouts. I feel like you put butterflies on the art map. Um, there are artists who have definitely delved into butterflies before me. There's David Krakow, Paul Valinsky, whose works that I love. But my butterflies are actually these hand-cut, hand-glittered butterflies that are truly works of art they in and of beautiful. themselves. So we have a jewelry line. So I'll tell you what I have. Not, yeah, t- not, jewelry, not jewelry yet, but uh, it is launching. So okay. first and foremost, my fine art is the bread and butter of my business. Um, my artwork has gotten very expensive, thank God. Honestly, my originals go for 10000 plus. <gasps> They take anywhere from forty and she's to four hundred. <laughs> yes, God willing, they'll cost a million dollars one day. Um, and then I also offer prints. I launched um, a collection of clutches and um, a leather collection of saddlebags, um, guitar straps, which are bag straps. And today, I officially launched for pre-sale my belts, um, all bearing my signature ESC trademark butterfly. Um, I she's wearing it now. <laughs> I own this it's butterfly gorgeous. shape. This butterfly shape is mine. I own it in 28 product categories. Um, and I what do you mean you own it? It's copyrighted? That image is... It's trademarked. It's trademarked. So I love it. you cannot use it, right? It's like Chanel CC. You can't use their CC. This is... I own this shape in 28 oh, product categories. categories. It's expensive to do, actually. Um, good for you. And not She's so easy to do. She's a rock star. We've got to like, gotta get my next guest on the phone. You are amazing. You'll stay. You'll chat. Yes. She's wonderful. I'm Thank like, it, she's, she, Elizabeth is so nice to listen to because she's so inspirational. She has so much energy. She's done so much. And I love the fact that she started off just loving food, found her niche in, in, um, in the art world and is bringing her love of food and entertaining into her business world. And I think that's the ultimate business success, you know, staying within your brand and Growing everything from there. I'm going to show you a collection after we wrap this, which was my what I really wanted to do when I was going into consumer product, which was to launch a line of dishes. Oh, I'm waiting for it. 
I'll show you. It's not the right entry to market. I need to get it as a licensing deal is what I learned. Um, but you're going to freak out when I show okay. you, actually. I cannot <laughs> wait because I love dishes. I love butterflies and I love you. So I can't wait you're to see freak it out. all together. Okay. Moshe Bloch is on the phone from California. California Dreaming. How are you? Good. And you? Good. Good I know it's so early there. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So let me just catch everyone up. Moshe Bloch um, a.k.a. Keto, Keto Kosher, Kosher Keto? Keto Kosher. Keto Kosher on Instagram. But his biggest, uh, he has a sushi restaurant with a family, but his biggest title right now besides being husband and dad is winner of Kosher Skillet on, on kosher.com. Yes. Okay. Yes, just won uh, a skillet. Cooking competition. Yeah, yeah it's, it was kind of like a chop. So it was a ba- how, how did you get involved in all of this? with with a skillet how did you get on on the show so i saw a an advertisement for you know kosher foodies interested in being part of a chop competition um you know what growing up watching chop and all these cooking competitions there's never been anything kosher and i've always wanted to uh, you know to, to experience something like that so when i saw there was an option um and they wanted people with like a social media handle and all that i was like hey this is right up my alley would love be a part of it and put an application in didn't even think I would get like put on the show and a couple weeks later I got an email saying hey we would love to have you uh part of the part of the show you know watching the show there were three episodes so so basically a chop competition if you're not familiar and you know this is what I do uh probably three quarters of my life at this point is you have teams or individuals they get a mystery basket of ingredients they don't know obviously mystery they don't know what they're getting and whoever cooks that best Wins al regalechat, right? So Moshe was chosen with two other amazing competitors. Uh, can you just remind me of their names? So there was three other competitors. There was actually they did. There was did four. It started off four. Right. There was four rounds. So they they had Beezy Ingberg. Uh, there was Moshe Nafisi, Khalif Klein, and myself. Okay. So yeah. H- how how did you feel when you got there? Like were you a nervous wreck? When I first showed up, first off, they don't tell you who else is competing with you. Oh, they didn't. Ah. They did not. Um, It happened to be, I knew Motion to see from a while back. And Khalif Klein, I I rode bikes with, but just through mutual friends. I didn't really know him. Uh, And BZ, I never met. So, I mean, showing up there, it was definitely nerve-wracking. I mean, I was like... On the way, there's like a nice hour drive from L.A. if you're familiar with uh, the the Herzog Winery. Right. Uh, I I wanted you to tell everyone where it was. Yes. Yeah, it's in Oxnard, California at the Tierra Sur restaurant uh, by the Herzog Winery. Beautiful location, beautiful Beautiful. area. If you you guys are, yeah. One of my favorites. uh, California, you have to visit. So on the way way down, I was like, you know, it's starting to, the anxiety started to build up. Mm. And uh, yeah, of course, I mean, just trying to think what, what's going to be thrown at you or, or what's going to happen. And uh, when I got there and I saw some familiar faces and I saw the, the nerve on their face, it definitely calmed my nerves. So, um, uh, and Elon Gold was just chatting away and throwing jokes. Right, he it. was it the was MC. Just, was great now, oh, yeah. what, when, they, when they took away the first, you know, when you start and they, they reveal on each round the – the, you pull off the cover and you open up the basket and you see these crazy things. Like, what was the first thing that went into your head? Right away, I was like, all right, like, how are we going to have, like... What was the plan? The plan was to, to use as many. They said that each each item, you don't have to use all of them, but they said for each item that you use, uh, it'll obviously count towards uh, points. So... My my strategy right away was like we're incorporating every single one of these items somehow in some way. Uh, I mean there was some tough items there, just like there was these. I remember the first round there was like these these uh, beats I think from Geffen or right. uh, and I was just like, all right, what are we gonna do with all this? And besides for that, the first round I don't know if any if if you guys remember was four. Di- uh, they wanted four different dishes or three different dishes. Right, right. Like all appetizers. Um, I thought, oh my god, Nebuch just, when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, because that's hard. Like, and you had like, half an you hour. Have saved that for yeah, second round. They're like, but was it half an hour or an hour? The first round was an. I think I believe it was an hour. Right, because you had to create three dishes in an hour, three bite-sized dishes. Three bite-sized dishes and and four of each, which was which was yeah a nice 
a nice, nice surprise that they threw at the end. So, uh, yeah, like with a couple minutes left, they're like, okay, you need to make a more of one of the items. So it was like definitely a, a nice spin to it. But each round like had, had its own spin. And just the atmosphere with, uh, yeah, the judges were amazing. You had, uh, yeah, Elon Gold just cracking jokes the entire time. And besides that, I mean, the pantry that they gave us was, was actually amazing. And, and the, the meats that we had, like the Mealmar meats, and just the, the, the different fish we had, like there was tons of different options. So it was just really using your creativity and, and, and your time. So Fantastic. Well, you're quite an expert with fish though, right? Don't, doesn't, don't you have a fish, a sushi restaurant? Yes. So, I mean, I don't make the food in terms <laughs> of like the rolls. And, but you and all know that. what's yeah, going have... on. So what's that? You know, you know, good quality fish. Yeah, so I mean, the, the quality they gave us was was amazing. So yeah, it was it was definitely a pleasure to work with. Uh, but I, I mean, I didn't want to do. I think I did one fish dish. Uh, I did a ceviche. Mm. But I mean, I wanted to do something that was not up my alley. Something like obviously, if I was throwing out fish or or or, or sushi the entire time, I don't think the judges would be impressed. But I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to definitely showcase my skills. And besides that, the plating I think is is a huge key in in food. I mean, you can make great food. Um, but it, it all comes down to the, the presentation. So Right, right. We were uh, talking about that as well uh, with my other guest, Elizabeth Sutton. You know, it's um, a very stressful, you know, when you're up there and, you know, you. we could see from the beginning, I know I felt that you had an edge. I, my, I, if I was a betting person after the first round, I would have, I you know, you, you would win. And the other guys were excellent and they seemed confident, but I could see there was – your plating, I feel, gave you that edge over everyone else. Yeah, I mean, and that was something I just got into recently with just with my health kick and, and uh, getting right. into keto and making my own meals. Right, we're going to talk uh, about the keto. Let's t- tie that all into the keto. So, yeah, I mean, that this all started just I, I was eating tons of takeout or if I was making stuff at home, it was just like quick and easy meals uh, that was just unhealthy. And, yeah, I was just really out of shape and, and needed change. Um, so I, I found the I found the keto diet and it's just basically making yourself whole and healthy food. So just having good proteins, good veggies, uh, finding different low carb substitutes. It's not all potatoes and and and, and rice and stuff. Like that. Can and you give me an example? What one would be? What would be a good low carb substitute? A good low carb substitute. So I do a lot of cauliflower rice. Hmm. Uh, I do a okay. lot of you know broccoli florets. Uh, um, you know, squash. I do spaghetti squash. I do oh. quinoa noodles. Um, can you ha- what about quinoa yeah. farro? Can you have that on keto? Quinoa is not allowed on keto, but um, again, everything in moderation. I mean, if if you're gonna have quinoa, it, it has uh, carbohydrates in it, but um, it's definitely too high for keto. Um, but again, you can utilize it into a workout somehow. So I mean, you, you're not um, you're not banned from it. Exactly. You're not banned from it. So, but in terms of you're just trying to keep the, the low carb as, as much as possible. Because the, the lower the carbs, the more you right. can eat. So if yeah. So if you're having a slice of bread, fine. Then you just had your carbs for the day. Right. Uh, now, what about are, like, the fat? That, you can eat a lot of fat, but, right? You can put butter in your coffee. I never did any of that. It is, it's, it's just eating healthy fats like eggs, salmon, dark chicken. Um, you know what? Like having nuts. But having still having, you know, the vegetables, you're allowed to have cheese. You're having, I'm, I'm having tons of salads. Uh, in terms of kugel, I'll make a cauliflower kugel. You know, Jamie Geller had like this amazing recipe and we did a little thing on, on Instagram. She, she uh, made the recipe a lot better. And I, I, I have a cauliflower kugel and it tastes exactly like potato kugel. Uh, it just really. It's I want to try that. Better. Can you send me the recipe? Yeah. Is it yours or is it Jamie's? What's that? Is it your cauliflower? Uh, Jamie's. I, I, now it's Jamie's. I, I had turnips in it. And I was trying to be fancy. And she just said, nah, like, do it this way with just cauliflower and onions. And, and it came out way better. Okay. Um, but okay. I, yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm going to um, try that. So, yeah. And it came down to just like, be, like almost like a food therapy for me. I, I wanted my food to look good if, uh, if I was eating it. So if, if I made chicken and broccoli, I just plated it nicely. And I would take pictures just as my own, uh, my own blog uh, and my own um, – keeping myself accountable and as I was going on like you know there's not much time to prepare dinner like between the kids 
and, and life and, and my wife and work and everything. So it was really like, you know, I've got a half hour. I'm going to Instagram it as well, or I've got 45 minutes. I'm going to quickly do it. And I mean, if, if people that follow me know that I, I, I post most of my recipes and I post most of my, the ways I make the food as well. Um, and I finish it off with a photo. So I mean, that's how I got into the whole plating and the whole uh, like cooking scene, I guess. I feel like my whole show today was all geared around the plating of food, food art. All three of you, like, I didn't plan it like this. It just worked out amazing. But it needs to taste yeah. good and it needs to look good, right? I like always aesthetics say, are a thing. It's you eat with is. your eyes. Even with kids, right? The food's got to look good on a plate. I used to make a vegetable platter when my kids were little. They come over from school, but I arrange it really nicely. A little dip. A hundred hundred percent you have to especially like you know what we're not used to eating cauliflower rice instead of regular rice so you want to like you want to make it look a little bit better and elevate elevate the dish so that yeah like you said i mean it's all about the taste but yeah it, it's eating with your eyes yeah we eat with our eyes and with our mouths and every sense possible <laughs> well, 100%. you know we, we, we're coming up to the last little bit of our show and zk and i are always starving by the end because we've been talking about food for an hour and we're like oh man <laughs> Air of Shabbos when this is going to air. So we're like, no, we're going home to something really great. Um, okay, amazing. Uh, let's talk about the restaurant scene. Um, you have a restaurant out there in Pico Robertson area? So, we, yeah, we have two locations. We've oh, got two. one in Pico Robertson and one in Hancock Park um, in, in the two big Jewish communities out in L.A. Uh, we're big into fishing. Uh, my father was taking us fishing, like, you know, ever since I was – like three or four, me, my brother, my sisters, all of us. Um, and before there was any, like, even restaurants in L.A., he would catch big tuna on these trips and come home and literally give the whole community, the whole shul, like, sushi. He would make sushi. Like, he got into it from, obviously, my he's from the East Coast. So anytime he would go back back east to visit his, uh, his parents, he, got, he found sushi and, and got into it, but there was nothing in L.A. So he was making his own and... Um, it was always a passion of his and, and people were always like, yeah, get open a restaurant, open a restaurant. So thinking it was so simple and so easy. We had, we were in the, my dad was in the construction and plumbing business. So we had a background in, in making the restaurant, but once we jumped into it, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, a different, uh, experience and, um, amazing and, and, and very, uh, eventful. It's, it's hard life running a restaurant, right? Like it's, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely no more fishing as, as much as we were before, that's for sure. Right. Um, I was but, there I was there whenever it was last week. All timelines are a blurred two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. And I, I loved yeah, your sushi. I loved it. It was so fresh, so delicious. And really talking about quality of ingredients, you've got to have good fish. I think, you know. You, you need, it needs to be, well, not for sushi, but well-prepared, well-cooked, right? Like it doesn't really matter how you season it. If you overcook a piece of salmon, it's not going to be good. Yeah, it's, it's tragic. Yeah. Someone once told me they yeah, cook salmon for two big. hours. I'm like, Ugh, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat to Dealing 12 minutes with, tops. with sushi and, 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 and Jews, they're very picky with their sushi. So you I get know. These people that are like very like into their sushi, into raw, having, I mean, you have to have fresh regardless. I mean, people are eating a raw product. You can taste the quality. And then you get these people that, yeah, want everything like cooked, but not too dry and like, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's definitely you have to find that balance, but yeah, it's all about putting out a tasty, <laughs> fresh ingredient product. Yeah, I loved your poke bowl. <laughs> the yeah, all the rolls. He made us a whole platter of stuff to try. Me and big shout out to Rachel Victor from uh, uh, Rachel Victor Events uh, out in the uh, Valley area, but she does parties all over California. So if you are one of our California listeners. She does amazing, incredible events, and she also works for the Shaw, and she bought me out. We actually met at the JWE, bought me out to California. Uh, yeah, you spoke at that yes. conference. Oh, wow, this is really full circle. I forgot about that. Yes, I did. Ah, I'm talking to Moshe because I was at the conference where you spoke. This is really – karma all the way, baby. Um, that top competition you put on last week was, was so much fun. Uh, was, thank uh, you. So I came out because I met Rachel at the chop competition – which rate, uh, which Elizabeth spoke at. I met you, got you on the show, so it's really definitely one of those uh, full circle things. But um, she ran a great event. She also runs your shawl, basically, right? So <laughs> she told me all the things that she does as well. So um, it was it was a lot of fun that night. Um, and Nira was there from La Gondola. Yeah, 
yeah, near Weinblatt, he was there. It was, it, and uh, Drew Rosen from Nescatery, yeah. It, it oh, was, and Drew, of it course, was a lot Drew. Of fun experiencing it from the other, the other, the other side, right. not having to actually compete. The, the tables were turned. Yeah. Um, uh, and Dob from Upscale Getaways, he's fantastic. They run an incredible program. Can I say the word Pesach? I don't know if I'm allowed to say the word Pesach because it's still Cheshvan. I'm going to say it. Yes, Upscale Getaways, great Pesach program. Tell him I gave him a big shout out. They are in Toronto and in uh, San Diego. So if you're looking for something. Oh, my gosh, the time is up. I can't believe where this hour just flew by. Um, Moshe, thank you so much for coming on the show and getting up so early to speak with us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And we'll stay in touch. Yes. We definitely have to. Excellent. All right. Congratulations on your big win. Anybody who wants to watch uh, their whole skillet competition, it's on kosher.com. It's right up there on the front, um, on the homepage. Thank you so much. Elizabeth Sutton for being on the show. Daniela Silva for being on the show. Don't forget to email in for a giveaway in her cookbook. Thank you for having me. And my pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to hear this. This was actually my first radio interview. I've been on all sorts and it's of media. Great. We can have you on the Nacham Siegel Network. So amazing. Thank you. Wishing everybody Shabbat Shalom. Happy cooking. <laughs>